bitch, I got five out. 96 ways I made out. Montana way to good, F-E-L-L-A. Verbal AK spray, dip the tattoo. Jump out the range, empty out the ashtray. A glass of Zay, make it mad gases. Clay, red dot plots. Murder scheme, 32 shots rung. Regulate with my thun, 17 watts. Clean for one ring. Yo, let me let y'all people know one thing. It's one life, one love, so they can only be one king. Good afternoon, it's 12-12 Lightwork, Sojourner Drew, it's a pleasure, it's an honor to be able to share with you today. Love you, love and light, don't need to see you, don't need to test you, but I love you, for sure, for sure. Um, I wanted to actually tap in to a couple of things today. Um, we was talking about Merkabah and black holes yesterday so understanding the nature of the merkaba and then being able to understand the actual functioning of your electromagnetic energy which is flowing through your body at all times and so what i want to do is i want to be able to actually share with you a little bit about sailor memory a little bit about Um, your chakras and your DNA. You know, some people are very unfamiliar of DNA, what it actually it is and what it actually is purpose and its functionality. But DNA is very, very important component to your makeup and understanding your genetic makeup as well as your DNA pattern and what actually you need to vibrate in the right vibrational pattern so you can heal and so that you could be able to make it through this ascension cycle um, this procession of the equinox this stargate activation cycle or stellar activation cycle however you want to title it and so I want to be able to show you a little bit about well we could expound upon the Merkava and then we'll get into that okay well, I'll, I'll take off and just read a little bit about what Graham Hancock has written in his Flower of Life Part 2 book. Um, you know, the Merkaba and the Chakra System. And then I'll slide over to the Kelantic, actually, and give you the real deal holy field on DNA and your chakra system. The real chakra system. Okay. human chakras and the musical scale let's look at the human chakras and see how they move in exactly the same way as the musical cell the chakra placement is not perfect on this drawing but moving topographically on the surface of the body notice the lower three chakra points the first one is near the base of the spine the second one is 7.23 centimeters higher topographically and the third one is seven 
um, 0.23 centimeters higher than that. This is an average for full humans. And it's the same as the average distance between our eyes. Although you personally might be different. After the third chakra, there's a change in direction. At the wall shown above it. Which we'll call a half step. This half step is crucial to human evolution. And it is revealed only when the spirit is ready and has mastered its position in this new world. To the spirit in the body, this half step is hidden. Not apparent. The spirit simply cannot see it until the time is right. Once this half step is found and passed, the energy flows to the heart, the throat, the pituitary gland, and the pineal gland before it encounters another wall slash half step that again stops the flow. This wall is located between the back of the head and the pituitary gland and is perpendicular to the plane of the first wall. Once the energy has moved past this second half step, it reaches the eighth and final chakra of this octave. This eighth chakra is, in Hindu, called the Godhead, for it is the goal of all of life. It is located exactly one hand length above your head. The eighth chakra is just the beginning, or first note, of another set of chakras above the head. There is also another set of chakras below the ones in your body and from which you have come. There are two primary ways that energy can move up through the body. One triple and the, the other female. First, the energy always moves in a spiral, and when it spirals counterclockwise relative to the body, it's male. When it spirals the other way, it's female, which is clockwise relative to the body. The human spirit's main focus starts at the bottom of the chakra system, when you're born, then moves up during your life through the various stages. Each chakra has a quality, which is noted on the above drawing. The first is survival, the second is sex, the third is willpower, the fourth is the heart or emotions, the fifth is sound, the sixth is the sacred geometry of creation, the seventh is spiritual, and the eighth is the next world of existence. When beings come into a brand new reality where they've never been before, babies come into earth, for example, they have one thing on their mind and one thing only. They want to be able to survive and stay here. Their whole focus is on being able to survive in this new world. So they do everything they can to stay. As we mentioned, the first chakra becomes like a lens through which you interpret this new reality. And the interpretation requires your whole focus, just trying to stay in this new world. The moment survival has been achieved, it becomes apparent to the spirit that one or two more chakras are available. It's actually two, but spirit may see only one. The rest of the chakras are not apparent because of the half-step wall. The half-step hides the higher chakras from spirit. At least until spirit has learned to master the lower chakras and wisdom shows the way into the higher understanding. Once survival has been achieved, you desire to make contact with the beings in that reality. That is instinctual. When you're a baby, that's usually interpreted as making contact with your mother, especially her breasts. This reality. But in fact, 
it is sexual in nature. As you get older, desire for contact becomes purely sexual. You want physical contact with the beings in this world. In higher worlds, it takes on different connotations. But basically, you locate and make contact with the life in that new world. So we call that chakra the sexual one. After you survive and make contact with the beings, you now have the third chakra available, which has to do with wanting to learn how to manipulate and control the new reality, or what you might call willpower. You want to know how things work, what the laws are in this new world. How do you do it? You spell all you spend all your time trying to figure out physical things. Using Using your willpower, you begin to try to control the physical world. In higher worlds, physical is different from physical in the third dimension, but there is still a correspondence between the worlds. Your efforts to understand the reality are interpreted in many ways as time goes on. When you're a baby, that's particularly interesting to me, often called the terrible twos, where you want to know everything about the world around you and test to see what you can and cannot do. You pick up everything, break it, throw it in the air, look for something else, in short, do everything you're not supposed to. This child will continue until he slash she is satisfied in her understanding of the physical world. When you're a baby, you don't know that there's a change in direction after the third chakra. There's something like a wall obscuring the next four chakras. The child is not aware of the many more chakra lessons to come. There's more to life but the child is totally oblivious to it. On earth, even when we become an adult, we may not know there are higher centers in the body. Much of the world is still living in the first three chakras, but that is changing fast because mother earth is waking up. The wall with the hidden doorway. God puts this wall or half step or change in direction there so that you won't know it until you've mastered all the lower centers to a certain degree so when you're growing up you're in only the three lower chakras you may be in all of them at once or maybe mostly in one and partly in the others or it could be a balanced blend or combination of all three this pattern is true in person, a country, a planet, a galaxy, or anything alive at any level of existence. This same pattern of movement occurs in all of existence at every level. Let's take a country like the United States. We're a brand new country in an old world. We're young relative to the countries in Europe or elsewhere. We're just a baby. Until the 1950s, the vast majority of people in this country were in one of the three lower chakras. Not everybody, of course, but most people. They were concerned with control, money, materialism, houses, cars, sex, food, especially with survival aspects, making sure they stored up enough money to feel secure. That was a really materialistic world. Then in the 60s, changing consciousness began to rapidly alter what was thought to be normal. People began to meditate and enter the higher chakras, which is of love, of course, love-based. If you go to an old country like India, Tibet, and parts of China, 
places that have been around a long, long time and as a country have found their way through the wall with the hidden doorway to the next level, they moved up into the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chakras. And as they moved through these higher four centers, they eventually came to another block after the seventh chakra, stopping further progress. The lower part of the body has three centers and the upper part has four. Once a country or person goes beyond the first half step, they're never the same again. Once they know there's something more, they'll spend the rest of their life trying to figure out how to get back to the upper centers, even if they had just a fleeting experience of the higher worlds. In terms of a person or a country, though, once it gets above the half, first half step, moving up into the heart, the sound currents, the geometries, and the spiritual nature of things, what sometimes happens is that they lose their concern about the lower centers of consciousness. They don't really care about their physical side very much, whether their house is nice or anything like that. They're more concerned about the information and experiences they're learning about, the nature of these higher centers. So sometimes when you look at these old countries, they seem to be physically almost devastated because their whole focus is toward trying to find out what this reality is about on the higher levels. An example of this kind of country is India. Once a country is actually reached and focused on the seventh chakra, which is very difficult, it's only concerned is what happens after death, the next level of life. This was the case in ancient Egypt. The doorway or half step between these two chakra groups is in a place, direction, where under normal conditions, you would never find it. You wouldn't even know it existed. You might have to go through quite a few lifetimes before you even learned of the existence of a doorway to these upper chakras, especially if you lead a simple, conventional life. But inevitably, especially in a country or a person that's spiritually focused, the doorway will be found. Ways to find the secret doorway? I feel that in the beginning, in the new beginning, after the fall during the end times of Atlantis, humans first started experiencing these higher levels of consciousness that had been lost. It was through near-death experiences because death was something that everyone experienced. When someone dies, he goes through the first doorway and finds other worlds, other interpretations of reality. They may experience another reality for only a short time, then something happens. Instead of totally dying, they become into they come back into their body, but they still have that memory. People who go through this kind of experience are completely changed, and they're probably going to do everything they can to find out what happened to them. They'll really question this other aspect of life, which is related to the higher chakras. Possibly the next group of humans would, who found their way through to a higher level were those who took psychedelics. Psychedelics have been used all over the world and throughout history by almost every religion culture I know of. Psychedelics are not drugs in a normal sense. They're very different from pleasure drugs like opium, heroin, crack, and similar substances, which can actually do exactly the opposite of psychedelics. The pleasure drugs tend to enhance the lower centers and make you feel good, but they trap you in those lower centers. Goddard Jeff felt that in terms of the spiritual path, cocaine was the worst drug of all. I'm not judging anybody about this, but that was his opinion of cocaine because it causes a particular delusion and it increases the sense of ego. 
it heads you in the opposite direction that spirituality normally takes. But that's his opinion, you know, to each his own. In moderation, that's my personal opinion as I chime in real quick, Sojourner Drew. My personal opinion is that in moderation, to each his own. If you take care of your body, you take care of your spiritual centers, and you know what you're putting in it, and you know what you're not putting in it, that's consciousness and care about the human body, period. Don't overdo overdo or overuse or abuse or overdose. I'm not a fan of that. That's not taking care of yourself or caring about yourself. But to each his own, to his own extent, I don't judge. I can't point the finger. It's not. It's really above my pay grade. That's what I'm going to put it as. I'm just hoping, pray that you take care of yourself and don't do anything to damage yourself in any way. Okay. But the psychedelics do something different. And they're not usually physically addicting like the pleasure drugs. The Incas use San Pedro, cactus, mixed with a little bit of coca leaf. Coca leaf is completely different from cocaine. Some of the Native Americans, Indians, use a psychedelic called peyote, which is legal for them since it is part of their religion. All over the walls of Egypt, in about 200 locations, you'll find images of the Amanita mascaria mushroom, a big white mushroom with red dots. At least one book has been written solely about this subject, the sacred mushroom, by Andrija Farash. In the United States, in the 1960s, LSD took people through this doorway, to the higher chakras specifically, LSD-25. Over 20 million Americans took LSD-25 and were blasted through into the upper centers or chakras. Most of them were totally out of control, with no initiation. The ancient cultures made significant preparations before they used these kinds of psychedelics. But there was no preparation for most of these Americans in the 60s. And there were a lot of casualties. They were blasted through into the higher chakras. In most cases, they landed in the heart. They had a major sense of expansion and of becoming love in all of creation. However, they could have landed in the fifth chakra of the sound currents if they began their experiences with music. There would have been nothing to stop them music automatically leads you into the fifth into the fifth chakra and many times that was the case the fifth chakra is a totally different experience from the heart chakra just as the sex chakra is extremely different from the survival chakra if the human being experiencing and experimenting went up far enough to reach the sixth chakra he would have found the sacred geometric patterns that created the universe a human being who went to this chakra would have had incredible geometrical experiences where all of life would appear geometrical a few rare people may have found their way into the seventh chakra which is spiritual at this level there is really only one concern how to find the way to become one with God how to connect directly with God it's the only interest a human being in that center would have nothing else would matter but the problem with psychedelics is that the human being is always thrown back down to the lower centers and the 3D reality when the drug wears off they are changed forever by the experience 
And usually they continue to seek a way to return to these higher worlds. And it is usually not through psychedelics. The psychedelics era did one permanent thing for sure. It opened the doorway for the half step for the consciousness of the United States as a country. It gave people an experience that showed them the higher worlds really existed. Since then, millions of, th of those people have been spending their lives trying to get back to those higher sacred planes. And in doing so, they're changing the country and the world. I think the next stage of evolution came along when people were trying to figure out how to get back to the higher states of consciousness without having to use drugs. We had our gurus and yogis, meditations and various spiritual practices, religious and spiritual experiences seeking the way. In the late 60s and 70s, we were fixated with spiritual teachers. There are all kinds of meditations and spiritual paths that will lead you into a place calm enough for you to find the doorway and go through this wall. One way is not better than another. The concern is only about which one will work for you. Eventually, after you've been dwelling in the fourth through seven chakras and mastered them, you'll come to another wall, which is at 90 degrees to the lower one. The angles you must negotiate to get through the top wall are different and tricky. But if you can find your way through, you can actually transcend this third dimensional world and go into the next world, which all of life here on earth will follow someday. You die here physically and you're born somewhere else. Sojourner Drew chime in here right here. Um, I'm going to tap in real quick because I know for a fact that we reincarnate. And I know for a fact that when you pass on, you're just taking off this coat and then you're putting on another coat and you're going back into the next experience. Especially if you haven't learned your lessons down here dealing with these chakras and these lessons of interaction and relationships and clean up your karma. Um, but that's basically what he is saying in a nutshell. But if you're unfamiliar of your fact of reincarnation then you need to get more familiar with it because factually you know that the relationships that you're entertaining or you just had a couple of seconds ago or you've been having for the past 20 years are for a reason you're here to clean up your karma you need to be extremely extremely grateful and extremely extremely appreciative for the people that are around you at your present moment especially your soul group there's something there there's a lesson you need to learn there's a, a gracious generosity that needs to partake or some extreme kindness but for sure it's only of those lessons for you to learn those to show that type of grace and mercy and gratitude and generosity to the neighbor that you see to your best friend to the stranger you just met two seconds ago it really doesn't matter but every encounter you see yourself and you need to clean up that karma so you might as well get to it by showing extreme kindness and extreme generosity In Egypt, after initiates had 24 years of training, they were given an appropriate psychedelic and putting in the sarcophagus in the king's chamber for three days and two nights, sometimes up to an extra day. The primary experience they sought was to find this doorway and enter the higher worlds, then return to earth to help others. This became apparent to almost everyone who reaches for these higher levels. There's only one thing to do when you return to earth. Serve all life. For it becomes very apparent through this experience that you are all life. Eventually, most seekers around the world search for a way 
different from a near-death experience or drugs. They search for a way that comes from nature, a way that is contained within themselves before, before they were born. They search is always the same. No matter what religion or spiritual discipline, no matter what the technique or form of meditation, no matter what words are used to describe their experiences, it is the doorway, either the first or the second one, that will always be the focus of their seeking. Chakras on our star tetrahedrons, those eight chakras that run up through our bodies have duplicates in the space around our bodies. There are spheres of energy that vary in size, depending on the person's size. The radius of these spheres is the same length as a person's hand, measured from the tip of the longest finger to the first wrinkle on the wrist. My sphere has about a 9-inch radius, or 18-inch diameter. They're actually spheres of energy that sit on the points of the star tetrahedral field that's around your body in space. They are, in fact, your chakras. Duplicated in other space around your body. You can detect or feel the spheres when you enter the spherical area, but the actual chakra is like a pinpoint. It's very little and in the exact center located at the apex of each point of your star tetrahedron. When I had access to a molecular emission scanner, MES, we were able to see these things. Days before I quit working in the field of technology, we measured our bodies and focused on the centers of our chakra points located at the tips of our star tetrahedrons. First, we searched with the sensor head of the MES, but the machine didn't sense a thing. But when we went through the center point, the computer screen would light up. Once we found it, we had to lock in on it. Then we could take a microwave photograph, which looked like a chakra inside the body. We found out that each inner chakra has a living pulse associated with each external chakra and the system as a whole. I was preparing to figure, but what this pulse was tied to when I left. So I don't know the answer. Of course, the first thing we would have checked was the heartbeat, but the body produces other rhythms at, and at this time, we don't know. Okay, I'm going to chime off with that, and I appreciate y'all listening to that. That was very, very interesting, enlightening, and great information. Shout out to Graham Hancock and The Flower of Life Part 2. For those that don't have that book, I suggest it. I highly recommend it. Get The Flower of Life Part 1 and The Flower of Life Part 2. It's a great read. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, moving on real quick, I want to just maybe give a, a nice thought pattern and a positive energy of love and light to everybody who has actually even come along for the journey, who's listened, who's supported, who's tapped in and, and liked or followed. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, man. God bless you. I really, 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 really thank you. Um, you are my family connected to you no matter what no matter what no matter what so while i'm here in this incarnation on planet earth i'm here to help you as much as i possibly can i do not want one soul to be left down here and stuck on this planet if there's a better place for us to go to not be stuck here and go through this black hole system i'm here to help out any single human being any flower any mineral any nutrient any element to get up out of here it's my job it's my duty it's an honor and it's a privilege um, so tapping in with what he was explaining 
with the Merkaba and then when he was explaining with your chakra system. Um, I would love to be able to slide out of here and slide into this Keylantic. That would be cool to see what the Keylantic has in translation and connection synchronicity wise with what we just read. And so right before we go to the chakras, I want to read cellular memory to you from the Keylantic Dictionary. And so me speaking to you in the tonal frequency patterns that I'm using to, meaning in the sentences and in the paragraphs, the statements or the phrases, or just in general conversation. These tones that I'm using are from the higher ups, meaning the higher dimensional frequencies. The vibration patterns that you're going to feel when you hear these words are going to be of healing, are going to be of love, are going to be of compassion. It's going to be like a warm blanket that warms you up. It's going to be something that you're very, very familiar with because of what I'm about to read. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying or what is being told. All of this is factual information, I promise you. If it does not resonate, throw it in the garbage. But if it does resonate, again, please hold on to it. Expound upon it. Do your investigation. Use discernment and figure it out so you can love yourself, so you can love other people genuinely to help them get out of here. Of course, help them out with whatever you can while you're here, but help them consciously understand that they are so special and so divine that there is a way to get out of this physical suffering of scarcity here on planet Earth. And that reason being is in your cellular memory. So what we say have nothing to do with nothing because you're going to know exactly everything because it's in your cellular memory. All you got to do is wake it up a little bit. You're going to know. So cellular memory. Um, this is definition of it. Partiki units and key lines that exist as a minute crystalline blueprint within the cellular structure. Cellular memory of the body and serves as a memory storage facility and regulator of the body's autonomic functions. Every cell of the body stores not only memory in the form of coded electrical impulse, but also stores the very codes of translation, the Kilanta light symbol codes, or fire letters. They are the means by which memory is translated into sensual data, and the means by which the illusion of three-dimensional reality fields is manufactured. When you program the crystal body, which is called cellular memory, you imprint a signature in it. That's where the concept of karma comes from. Everything that is incorporated in our crystal body with eventual cycle out in the hologram projection created by the refraction of sound and light. Since our thoughts are composed of partiki, also this is why mind effects matter. We are not very good at it now, but there were times in our species development many eons ago when we were more advanced. We had more DNA plugged than now that we had complete control over matter with our minds. It was nothing. It was like breathing. We have to relearn that process. In Kelantic science, Kelanta is one tool that can help us move in that direction. Again, that is out. Kelantic Dictionary and that's cellular memory. 
So me just putting it to you, the truth is already in you. All you got to do is just line up with it and resonate with it. If it don't make sense or it's not logical to you, throw it in the garbage. But it's already in your cellular memory. Okay. So boom. Chakras. So out the Kelantic Dictionary, we'll go right into chakras. It's the next, next page, actually. And so it says chakra system, true name, Shakara. S-H-A hyphen. Well, actually, apostrophe. Excuse me. Capital K, lowercase a, apostrophe, capital R, lowercase a, apostrophe, Shakara. Through the rotation of the 15 Merkaba fields, an energy structure in the form of an egg or capsule is formed within the auric field, meaning around your body. The 15 energetic capsules exist within the same space, separated by variance in dimensional particle pulsation rhythms meaning depending on how the vibration is they're separated by the different vibrational frequency like a radio station so you have this a capsule shape around your body at all times it's your aoric field your aura but these different levels these different levels of it like little tiny like russian dolls are in a different vibration particle frequency like they're vibrating at different vibrational patterns at, at, at third. And their variance of degree in this egg-shaped capsule that you're in. Do these energetic capsule structures, the chakra system or dimensional energy su- supply system is formed? Through the chakra system, if it forms a particle base build up into structures of multidimensional matter. One of the 15 chakra centers, nine are located within the physical body structure. The six remaining chakras exist within the bioenergetic aortic field. Some close to the bodies, others extending outward into the galaxy and connect the human bioenergetic system and dimensional Merkaba fields to the Merkaba fields of Earth and the stellar spirals. Of the nine embodied chakras, Two are presently dormant. They're oh. These will be called into activation in humans participating in stellar activations. Each of the six stellar activations on Earth will encounter between 2000 and 2017. Can also be achieved by humans if the human chakra system is used appropriately to draw in frequency patterns and light spectra from the stellar spirals. The process of assembling DNA strands by working with the higher chakras is a process of bringing frequency from the stellar spirals into the star crystal seals. And so, when it says bringing frequency patterns into the star crystal seals, it means that the frequencies that are coming in right now to activate the planet through the electromagnetic grid, meaning the ley lines, longitude and latitude. There's an electromagnetic grid of the planet and your your body is going through those electromagnetic changes. 
And so through the frequency pattern in your crystal seals and your star crystal seed seals is where your chakras are placed inside your body. So when you align yourself to the frequency pattern of the father, just genuine love and helping out people, it'll activate the crystal seals inside your chakras. Like, and now your chakras, your energy can start to heal and start vibrating to a higher pattern because you opened your 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 mind up to joy. You've opened up your heart up to compassion. You opened up your your whole existence up to love, and you just feel a whole different type of vibe. It's like an orgasm. That happens all the time. And so you're just always nice to people and you always cool to people. You can't do nothing but just be happy. It's called ecstatic joy. And nobody can take that away from you. And so you want to be able to start taking care of yourself and really actually caring about yourself and those glandular systems, those chakras. Because once you do that, it opens up everything. Your brain actually can vibrate at a higher capacity to take in all this new beautiful information right now we're just feeding off the lower energy centers to fight or flight and worrying about survival every day eating meat drinking the aspartame and the saccharin um brushing our teeth with the fluoride we don't even care once you start to care about these lower energy centers the lower energy centers are going to start caring about the higher energy centers those lower six or lower seven are going to start caring about the other five. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful journey. I promise you. It is the most wonderful view in all of the universes. Again, I wouldn't trade it in for nothing in the universe. You could give me 10, 20 universes like here, money. You'd be the king of all these universes. You could actually rule all these places. I wouldn't trade it in. I'm over here with the big homie, man, that we call God. Muslims call Allah and you know some call infinite divine creator or one infinite creator and, you know Buddha would say enlightenment or nirvana um, we with him with the Christ anytime you get the love and the knowledge together as one the Christ is present it doesn't matter if it's the blue looking Tweety Bird or if it's the green little Yoda or Chewbacca looking or, or me the Christ is present got to recognize it to not recognize it is blasphemy um it's one of the songs that woke me up my first real wake up and it was lonely it was 2006 and i had just listened to tupac's song called blasphemy for anybody that's never heard it i suggest you take a peek at it tap in listen to it it's um track number five off the machiavelli album it's called blasphemy and it talks about how we just point the finger at each other and commit blasphemy every single day when you judge or point the finger. Do you not know that that is the spirit of God that is right next to you? Any contradiction, any judgment, any finger pointing, you're doing it to yourself. And that's blasphemy. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. God bless you. This is 1212 Light Work with Sojourner Drew. And I'm gone.
Welcome to 1212 Podcast. It's Sojourner Drew. I'm appreciative, grateful, honored. It's a privilege. I love you. I don't need to see you. I don't need to touch you. I promise you, I love you. For sure, for sure. And so as we um, get into it, um, yesterday we had tapped into a couple of different things and elaborated on, well, actually expounded upon some actual phenomenal information. Um... I call it that high powered, um, that enlightenment, that soul food that the body needs to actually get to where it's supposed to be. Um, Yeah, yesterday was great. We talked about chakras, got to know a little bit about that, the connection to it and its connection to the, the whole, your connection to the whole. And so what I did was I actually grabbed some stuff that would be easy for me to be able to just slide through and explain, read, elaborate, help whoever, however, be able to understand the human purpose, not my purpose, not your purpose, just the basic human purpose on planet Earth. And so... I would take off from, I know some people are interested in other things, but when I was talking about chakras yesterday and I was talking about Merkabahs and we're talking about just our process of going through ascension and the stargates and the procession of the equinox cycle. um, I wanted to be able to tell if I'm giving you the pros as to what it takes to activate this DNA, I need to give you the cons as to what that is to also kind of like what makes the body be in dysfunction and disharmonic um, resonance. Um, so I was going to read disease, you know, when the body develops disease, I want to actually be clear and concise about where that comes from and why that is. And so <clears throat> I'm going to read disease and then I'm going to expound upon it a little bit. You know, feel free to chime in if you got questions, if you got any type of dialogue you want back and forth. You can always email me at infinite.lotus at yahoo.com. I'm going to answer any questions. I dialogue back and forth. If it resonates with you, the information is great. Keep it. If it doesn't, throw it in the garbage. I always say investigate, discern. For yourself, always. Discernment is key. Discernment is key. And so, going to disease. I'm going to be reading out. Excuse me. Out the Kelanti Dictionary. Disease. Vibrational dissonance, conflict, pain, and anguish, suffering. 
All conditions of disease, conflict, pain, anguish, and suffering are the direct result and manifestation of vibrational dissonance, of individual consciousness with the God mind. Absolute love creates the experience of absolute joy and ecstatic fulfillment, and in human terms, generates the attributes of all those feelings and sensations deemed as good. The collective vibrational dissonance called miasmic body, which would be your karma, trying to clean that up, within the morphogenic field becomes holographically projected into the body, mind, and three-dimensional life experience through the inherent natural laws of multi-dimensional energetic manifestation. These distortions are known as miasms, karma, and the repeated outplay of these vibrational dissonances or distortions is called karma. Personal expansion to at one minute or harmonic resonance with God mind allows the individual to transcend all vibrational disharmonics of consciousness and to retain co-resonance with the cosmos. Bioregenesis of primal order within an organic imprint of health creates true healing and expedites the natural process of human evolution. Through fulfillment of the primal purpose, humanity will regain the primal condition of eternal consciousness at one minute with the central source of creation or God source. Molecular compaction is the reason why we die. That is the ultimate cause of death behind every single malady as far as health stuff. Through embodiment of divine right order within our personal scalar shields and consciousness, we know conditions of perfect health and harmony within the time matrix. Okay. Well, excuse me, for me, that tells me that I probably want to be in more harmony with situations. Even situations that I don't like, I don't agree with, or situations that I don't want to be in. I have to just kind of like balance out my mind, balance out my energy and just say it is what it is and accept it and make the best of it. No matter what the situation is, just make the best of it and, you know, try to be enthused about making the best about it, which is tough. It's tough. That's 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 probably the ultimate objective, actually, to activate more strands of your DNA is to accept every situation and be blessed to serve. If there's a situation where you can actually be blessed to serve and help out, then you got to recondition your mind and suck it up and say, hey, how can I help out? How can I serve? And what can I do to be of service in this situation, no matter what it is? Um, Like I just mentioned somebody yesterday, um, a near, dear friend of mine, probably one of my best friends, as I mentioned to a lot of people, I mentioned to strangers. I did that a couple days ago. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored no matter where I'm at, no matter where God puts me. If I'm in a copper box inside the middle of the sun and I'm burning to whatever thousands of degrees, I'm blessed and highly favored no matter where I'm at. It's just the acceptance of it. I just know that I'm one with God no matter where I'm at and that ices things over. It makes it cool. It's that Jedi mindset that keeps them cool in every situation. Even if they do transcend the physical and they go into the next journey, they're aware of that and they understand that. So that would be the objective. And it's tough down here. It really, really is. It's not as easy as me just saying it to you. Because I'm always on the ladder. I'm always trying to improve. And I'm always trying to grow. And so I actually typed a quote that I heard yesterday. It said, 
Masters only become masters because they never stop becoming students. And so as soon as I heard it, I grabbed my phone and typed it into notes and made sure I just saved it because that quote right there personifies all of it right there. Masters only become masters because they never stop becoming students. That's the key. More of that on planet Earth, more activation of DNA, more people being able to come and go as you please and not being stuck on this planet, stuck in this time matrix. That's the purpose for everybody. Wisdom is learning the truth sooner rather than later. So I always tell, be wise, my friends. Be wise. And so, let's see. As I went through that, as we were talking about more chakras and DNA. Um, I'd like to read to you exactly what the Kelantic says about DNA. And from there, I, you know, I elaborate and expound upon it if I can, if there's something that I can translate or actually interpret in layman terms or just interpret in just basic and general conversational terms of human language. I will. I'll try to. And if you don't understand it, please tap in, give me a question, uh, make a suggestion. And I'll do the best that I can to try to translate it and interpret it in terms that's so easy to understand to where it's like, okay, this is what it is. This is the way. Because when it breaks it all down, I promise you, this is the way. Like the Mandalorian TV show. If you've ever seen it on Disney Plus, get your Disney Plus and watch the Mandalorian all the way through because that's how things actually function in the universe. There's just a natural law of stuff and the universe just works that way and it's not just on planet earth it's in every star system and in every universe this is not the only universe there are many it's infinite in all directions so okay boom boom dna dna is kind of long so we're gonna get to it Okay. The etymology <clears throat> spelling of DNA is D E O X Y R I B O N U C L E I C acid. I don't even want to try to pronounce that, but yeah, that's what that yeah. Any of various nucleic acids that are usually the molecular basis of heredity are localized, especially in cell nuclei and are constructed of a double helix held together by hydrogen bonds between purine and primidine bases, which project inward from two chains containing alternate links of deoxybose and phosphate. Science does not yet recognize the true 12-strand DNA of human potential contained within a cellular material currently called junk DNA. DNA, A, a molecular model will be one hydrogen, two oxygen, three carbon, and the helical phosphate ester chains, four carbon and nitrogen, and the cross-linked purine and prime dime basis, five phosphorus B double helix. 
So just to clarify the term strand, strand is the equivalent of a single DNA chemical compound. We currently have a four chemical compounds in our DNA. That means we have four strands. In other words, we have some regenesis to do. The foundations of human DNA are minute templates of crystallized frequency, that is, electrotonal sound patterns and electromagnetic light spectra that magnetically group into crystalline form. These minute, multidimensional crystalline templates are referred to as DNA seed codes. The DNA seed code, the template for one DNA strand, is composed of 12 magnetic particle units, base codes and 12 electrical antiparticle units, acceleration codes. Each DNA strand is composed of the frequency patterns and light spectra of one dimensional band. Everything out there is a holographic projection. Consciousness projects. We see the hologram because of what is held within our DNA. Each DNA strand represents a fire letter code slash scalar wave program, sequence corresponding to one-dimensional frequency band of consciousness slash energy. All aspects of human DNA are built upon this morphogenic template of 12 base codes and 12 acceleration codes equals 24 C codes equals one DNA strand. Junk DNA is no junk, but instead part of the heritage that will one day lead you back to the wholeness of your identity. The reverse mutation was a process of disassembling the DNA into pieces and left it in the cells separated, creating what is now called the junk DNA. What we call the chelonta codes, chelons, exist within the cellular pattern of your biology and also within the literal strands of DNA. They represent the specific sound patterns that combined to form the frequency bands of your biological matter and thus set the base frequency codes within which you, conscious, focused, will take place. Depending upon the arrangements and activation of these codes, you will have either a great range of perceptual and experiential freedom or a very limited range of focus while you are within a matter-based form. Memory is stored within the body cells in the DNA, and so the events experienced in the future time are recorded there, but they will be remembered consciously only as the mental body grows to the point where it is able to translate that stored date into symbols. The mental body can only translate impulses that fall within its range of frequency. Each of the 144 incarnates carries part of the 12-strand DNA pattern within the genetic code as the 144 incarnates progressively evolve with the planet through the six time cycles. The 12-strand DNA imprint is so progressively is progressively built up in the genetic code. <clears throat> Excuse me for that last paragraph. I wanted to translate that a little bit because some people are probably unaware when it says 144 incarnates. This is going to be a little bit complex and it might be a little bit hard to understand for your two literal eyes. But if you allow your mind to actually calm down and not try to process information analytically, 
and try to <clears throat> judge it all the way down to the boxes, X's, O's, and squares. Allow your DNA and your body to feel this information. Allow it to resonate. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We are down on the bottom of a 15-dimensional time matrix, meaning we are on planet Earth, which is mean 3D. So if you had a sphere and you looked at planet Earth, write you a 1 at the very bottom, and then write a 2 above that, and then write a 3 above that. That's planet Earth, the dimension frequency band that we're in. 1, 2, and 3. Three dimensions. Right now, we're transitioning to 4. Trying to, We should be at 5 already, a long time ago. But we're transitioning right now because there's been a blockage of frequency getting this original love and light from God for a long time. There's some evil entities in our solar system that have actually hijacked every single planet that they can and actually messes with the axis of the planet. They mess up with a lot of the electromagnetic energy of planets. They actually will turn your north and south pole axes at a tilt to where... You don't get that natural alignment from the silver cord that runs through everything. You, Everything that's created has a silver cord going right back up to God. From God all the way back down to you and all to the center of whatever planet that you're in. <clears throat> you're automatically connected. Nobody, No matter what, everybody. So what they've done in this solar system, Earth, they've configured it and messed with the electromagnetic grid so much that they've tilted the, the planet's axis with a tilt. Instead of being perpendicular north and south, it is now at an angle tilted, I would say not 45, but close to a 45 degree angle. So the energy has been off on this planet. We've been working with nothing but lower energy frequency, which is the fight or flight, kill, war, fight, 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 mine, mine, mine type of energy for so long. That we haven't been able to get this just unconditional love pattern of frequency from the Trinity, the father, the mother, and the daughter. It's been hid from us, especially the divine feminine principle where people walk around and say, oh, you got the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. No, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Spirit. It is the mother principle, the divine Sophionic mother principle where people are very unaware of that. But we're going to bring that to the light. We're going to make them real familiar with that. Um, immediately it is who we are it is the je ne sais quoi on everything and so that's why we bring this information to light because that's what intuition is that's what wisdom is that's what understanding is is the divine mother principle that's why grandmas are probably the best thing to have we are missing grandma so much because grandma told you what was good, what was wrong. And she made you have some type of spiritual basis, whether if it was church, whether if it was yarmulkes with the Jewish faith or whether if it was making salat every day with, and, you know, Asalaamu Alaikum with your Muslim family. There was some type of basis of foundation of family structure and love, unconditional love with these four avatars that came here on planet earth and tried to share that information that way of life living not religion because religion is what you do religiously if you smoke cigarettes every day that's your religion you know what these four avatars brought with their faiths was a way of life whether it was yeshua whether if it was muhammad whether if it was buddha or whether if it was krishna they brought a way of life this is how you live this is how you treat each other. This is how you treat your significant other, your spouse or whoever that you're connected to at that moment. You just love unconditionally. 
You have an abundance of love to give and you just don't hold out on that. You have unlimited supply of it. You can't have a little piece of love and be at like, oh, you know, I just don't have enough today. Um, I gotta save this little bit that I have left. It doesn't work that way. Love is the expression of abundance, not scarcity. Love liberates. It doesn't hold in as if it needs. Love is unconditional, not temporary. And so that's what the Father is. Unconditional, not temporary. And so understanding that silver cord connection that's being brought back in right now for us to understand what we're dealing with and to understand that the body needs to be in harmony, not disharmony. The body needs to be at ease, not disease. The mind is an enemy of consciousness. It's a construct, it's one with consciousness also. It's the first creation of consciousness as aspect into the material world. But consciousness created the mind. The mind didn't create consciousness. So while the mind tries to trick us down here and to tell us that, hey, you're Sojourner Drew, and, or hey, you're over there, Carol, and David, and Mike. And actually, we're spirit. We're the I am presence here on planet Earth. We're one with the Father no matter where we go. I am who I am. That's how you say I am, but I am who I am. That's the oneness. That's the knowingness. That's the love and the knowledge coming down together as one and the Christ being present. And so with that, you would want to be more in ease situations, not dis-ease situations. Because the body functions that way vibrationally by thoughts, emotions, attitudes, and behaviors. For the past eight, nine months, I've been telling my significant other, um, I say my my son's mom, Sean Marie Caesar Menifee, love her to death, that we need to be able to teach our kid attitudes, behaviors, actions, and emotions. Because I know we put them in school and we teach them ABCs and one, two, threes. That's great. All for it. But if we're not teaching them about their thoughts, making their emotions have a feeling their emotions turning into an action or attitude and the attitude turning into a behavior that leads to a disharmonic way of life your body had a dis-ease way of life rather than learning early immediately about your thoughts about your emotions because that's what it leads to and then your emotions Affecting your attitudes and your actions that lead to behavior that's dysfunctional. Disharmonic. You want to be in harmony. In a harmonic resonance with everything. Be cool. Chill. It's okay. And this too shall pass. It's one of the greatest quotes ever. Not disharmony and disease that's where your body starts to develop the maladies where they were talking about molecular compaction molecular compaction is you you walking over there in that belief side you stepped away from the knowing 
Over here, we know it's the eternal life. It's forever. It's infinite. You good. You walk over there on the I believe path. Uh, yeah, that's finite. You only going to be yeah, it's temporary. You ain't going to last too long. You're going to pass away, but you're going to come back and you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep doing it. Being at ease, being at harmony is how you activate that avatar blue state. That ooh, ooh, poop popped open like a lotus flower or a Rubik's Cube. You just assimilated it, the Rubik's Cube, in two seconds. I get it. Oh, I can go over here. I can go up here. Hey, babe, we can go over to the Palladian star system. Let's go. Oh, you want to go to Arcturus? I didn't like Arcturus last time, and they kind of treated us funny. Let's try in the, the Andromeda... Yeah, Androm, Androm, okay, well, yeah, whatever you pronounce it. Andromeda star system. Let's go to that one tonight. That's how our existence is, is supposed to be. So being unaware of that, not being able to use a stargate system and come and go as you please, being unaware of who you are as your divine right purpose, as your divine right commission, as the Christ in physical flesh, walking, coming and going as you please, not knowing that is evil. Not telling each other that is evil to me. Not sharing that with each other is not okay. I got to be able to learn everything about why we're here on planet Earth. And I got to be able to share that with my kids in a manner that they will be able to understand. And me just putting it off on somebody else every single day or dropping them off at school every single day does not define responsibility for me. Just being honest. I'm putting the onus on somebody else to develop my child's consciousness to the state of where it's supposed to be, not on the level of the planet, but on the level of purpose, on the why we're here and where we're supposed to be going after here, that part. And so I become a little bit passionate. I come a little bit, maybe not come off as the best sometimes. You know, my delivery is not the greatest, but I love you that much because I know I only have a certain amount of time on planet Earth because of the vibrational frequency only allows people to live up to like 70, 80, 90. You might make it to 90 if you was doing the right things and, you know, you was hella cool in life. But the vibrational frequency allows people to live to like a maybe average of 60, maybe 70 years on this planet. So with that being said, I'm already half past my little marker. I got to start leaving information behind because I know it's factual and it's purposeful. And it's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason why I incarnated here. And I got to be able to share that with my baby to give them the best chances up out of here before their mind takes over and everything becomes objectified. And when I say objectified, I mean, well, they turn everything of the mind into an object where this becomes, as soon as you have the baby, you give him the bottle, knows it's the bottle or it's the titty. Before it goes off to the titty, it knows that, hey, this is his fork. This is his cup, sippy cup. This is his walker, play toys. And so he sees other things too that might be his brothers, might be moms, might be dads, might be his friends next door. And people say, no, this is mine. You got to play with your stuff. This is mine. Automatically in his mind or her mind, becomes objectified they know that these things over there are theirs and i got things that are mines but i want to go over there and play with their things too because they look cool but they get upset when i play with their things they say no this is mine and snatch it back and my feelings get hurt and i don't understand and so well i gotta get some things that are just mine so my feelings don't get hurt because i don't like that feeling that's what we all go through as babies and children 
for the rest of our lives, our minds are objectified and we're trying to get more and more objects that we can say are minds. It is a Finding Nemo on constant repeat every single day. If anybody's never seen Finding Nemo on Disney, you should. Because the scene where there's a bunch of seagulls and they see some seeds pop up on the floor and they all just jump up. Mike, 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 Crazy. That's how human beings are every single day. Mike, 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 Mike. Okay. There's enough to go around. For everybody, it's abundance. It'll never not be enough for everybody to go around. No matter what the food is, no matter what the color of clothes, no matter what the bag, no matter what the car, it's abundant. If everybody wanted Bentleys or Rolls Royces or Maseratis every single day, it's enough to have that. You might want a pink one or a yellow or orange. I might personally want a blue one or a black one. It's enough. It's enough for each personality to be creative to go around to make theirs the design or the way they want it to be rather than having to act like it's not enough and I only have to pay for this certain color or this certain makeup. We all can have the same thing abundantly. If you want 10 Bentleys, cool. I only want two. But it's enough to go around. And so our minds tricks us every single day because it becomes objectified at a young age and we treat each other indifferent. We treat each other like crap. And it's crazy. And for me, it's unacceptable for me to allow my child to grow up and not actually plug him into what's right and what's real and what's good. Like a lucky growing up, my grandma and great grandma put us in church every weekend, sometimes more than that. Maybe more than, yeah, a lot of times more than that. And so we didn't have a choice. We had to put on a suit, put on a dress, and go to church in the mornings. Especially Sunday, or you was going to get in trouble, or you better be sick. They didn't play about that. My grandmas were really, really strict about going to church and praising God and knowing where we come from. Come from God. We're going to give him all the glory, always. They were, I had two of the very best grandmas at that, because that was their way of life, 24-7, 365. It did not change. It has not to this day. That's my grandma. My mom's mom is still alive. I'm pretty sure she goes to church every Sunday right now in Portland, Oregon at about 11 or 12. <laughs> She's going to make it to her service. Um, and that's where the seed gets planted. So you know early on that the kids have a shot at some type of form of understanding spirituality on this planet. It's a beautiful and wonderful feeling. And so, um, you know, I'm in love and I love God. I love God so much and I'm so thankful and so grateful. I'm so appreciative that I often break down and I do cry. Cry tears of joy and tears of appreciation. I've had some people and friends actually see me sometimes like, man, you all right? I'm like, man, I'm cool. I'm so happy and so appreciative. I wish everybody could understand this feeling that have you ever had tears of joy? Have you ever cried because you were so happy? Have you ever cried because you were so thankful that somebody loves you that much? It's beautiful. I promise you. You want to share that feeling with people. You do. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. I really do. God bless your heart if you've tuned in and you've actually caught an episode. Um, 
if you so choose to share it with other people that you care about and that you love and if the information resonates with you if you've investigated or if you've discerned um, please share it with your loved ones if you really really care about them and you love them you will actually care about yourself start taking care of your glandular system do what it takes to activate it do what it takes to heal it whether if it's drinking the right fruits and vegetables eating the right fruits and vegetables drinking the best water possible Fiji your vase if you can or if you got a, a hydrogenized um, water machine looks like a Brita filter get that um, if you got anything else that actually is um, helping you eat healthier and actually take care of whatever it is you got to take care of. Eat that. Do that. Please, please do that. It's the best thing for you and anybody else around you to care about your DNA that much to where you actually are doing the right things to heal it. Automatically, you're going to want that for your kids, your loved one, your spouse, your mom, your dad, sister, brother, grandma, grandpa. You're going to want that for all your friends actually have them take care of themselves, treat themselves the best by eating the right fruits, vitamins, nutrients, minerals, and drinking the best water possible. Stay away from fluoride, everybody. Or this information will be like blah, blah, blah to you. It's kryptonite to Superman. Fluoride to human beings is the same thing. Kryptonite to Superman. Fluoride to human beings. Same thing. Um, I just was actually about to before we got up out of here, try to find a couple of things that I would like to share with you in terms of what it puts it in perspective. Um, I wanted to share with you a couple of segments of people I'm very, very fond of that are not gurus, but they're just human beings on planet Earth that use their divine spirit in ways that ascended masters would. But they weren't ascended masters. They were just in our everyday lives, in our entertainment, sports, history, um, public figures. They were just in our everyday lives. And they got it, but they didn't all the way get it, but they got it. They got it enough to, in their actions, we were able to get it if you paid attention. And so I want to share some of those segments with you where a couple of my fans and them, my heroes, actually, they got it. So give me one second And it's going to tap in for you And I appreciate you listening God bless your hearts again Are you aware that it's unlawful To practice medicine without a medical license? Yes sir I am Are you aware that running a medical clinic Without the proper licensing Can place both you and the public In a great deal of danger? Is a home a clinic, sir? If you are admitting patients and treating them, physical location is irrelevant. Yes, sir. Will you define treatment for me? As treatment would be defined as the care of a patient seeking medical attention. Have you been treating patients, Mr. Adams? Yes, sir, I live with several people that come and go as they please. I offer them whatever help I can. Mr. Adams... Have you or have you not been treating patients at your ranch? Everyone who comes to the ranch is a patient, yes. And every person who comes to the ranch is also a doctor. 
I'm sorry. Every person who comes to the ranch is in need of some form of physical or mental help. Their patients. But also every person who comes to the ranch is in charge of taking care of someone else. Whether it's cooking for them, cleaning them, or even a simple task as listening. That makes them doctors. I use that term broadly, gentlemen, but is not a doctor someone who helps someone else? When did the term doctor get treated with such reverence as, oh, right this way, Dr. Smith, or excuse me, Dr. Scholes, what wonderful foot pads, or pardon me, Dr. Patterson, but your flatulence has no odor. <laughs> At what point in history did a doctor become more than a trusted and learned friend who visited and treated the ill? Now you ask me if I've been practicing medicine. Well, if this means opening your door to those in need, those in pain, caring for them, listening to them, applying a cold cloth until a fever breaks. If this is practicing medicine, if this is treating a patient, then I am guilty as charged, sir. Did you consider the ramifications of your actions? What if one of your patients had died? What's wrong with death, sir? What are we so mortally afraid of? Why can't we treat death with a certain amount of humanity and dignity and decency and God forbid, maybe even humor? Death is not the enemy, gentlemen. If we're going to fight a disease, let's fight one of the most terrible diseases of all, indifference. Now I've sat in your schools and heard people lecture on transference and professional distance. Transference is inevitable, sir. Every human being has an impact on another. Why don't we want that in a patient-doctor relationship? That's why I've listened to your teachings and I believe they're wrong. A doctor's mission should be not just to prevent death, but also to improve the quality of life. That's why you treat a disease, you win, you lose. You treat a person, I guarantee you, you win. Now here today, this room is full of medical students. Don't let them anesthetize you. Don't let them numb you out to the miracle of life. Always live in awe of the glorious mechanism of the human body. Let that be the focus of your studies and not a quest for grades, which will give you no idea what kind of doctor you will become. Mr. Adams, please turn and, and Don't press wait the till you're on the ward to get your humanity back. Start your interviewing skills now. Start talking to strangers. Talk to your friends. Talk to wrong numbers. Talk to everyone. Mr. Adams. And cultivate friendships with those amazing people standing in the back of the room. Nurses, they can teach you. They've been with people every day. They wade through blood and shit. They have a wealth of knowledge to share with you. And so do the professors you respect. The ones who are not dead from the heart up. Share their compassion. Let that be contagious. Mr. Adams, I demand that you turn and address the board. Sir, I, I want to be a doctor with all my heart. to become a doctor so I could serve others. And because of that, I've lost everything. But I've also gained everything. I've shared the lives of patients and staff members at the hospital. I've laughed with them. I've cried with them. This is what I want to do with my life. And as God is my witness, no matter what your decision today, sir, I will still become the best damn doctor the world has ever seen. Now you have the ability to prevent me from graduating. You can keep me from getting the title and the white coat. But you can't control my spirit, gentlemen. You can't keep me from learning. You can't keep me from studying. 
So you have a choice. You could have me as a professional colleague, passionate, or you could have me as an outspoken outsider, still adamant. Either way, I'll probably still be viewed as a thorn. But I promise you one thing. I am a thorn that will not go away. Is that all? I hope not, sir. I appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. I love you. For sure, for sure. It's a pleasure, an honor, and a privilege. This is 1212 Lightwork with Sojourner Drew. Have a great day.